Welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. I'm Laura Koo. And I'm Heather McGee. Today we're asking, when's the right time to get physical with a date? Welcome, everybody. Um, I'm going to apologize in advance as I'm still getting through this Invisalign lisp. So if I continue to sound a little funny, that's why. Um, As a reminder, we have a subscription series called The Thirst Trap, and that you can subscribe for um, through Spotify and Apple. It's $1.99 a month, super cheap, and you get bonus content, um, usually about two episodes a month extra that you don't get on the free side. And then you get 10% off in our Thirsty shop at thirstythepodcast.com. We've got mugs and hats and stickers and t-shirts and sweatshirts. Again, another week where I'm doing well and I am not wearing my thirsty sweatshirt. So I am mixing it up a little bit, but it's really cozy. So I'm excited to get it out of the laundry. I will say I am wearing my thirsty, the podcast. Yeah, you are. Yes. For the third day in a row. (laughs) (laughs) They're really great. And as a reminder, share um, our podcast with your community, those you know who might benefit from hearing us chit chat about life and dating and all kinds of things. And then as a reminder as well, um, rate, review, and follow us on our socials. All right. And we're so happy you all are back here with us today. Uh so what I was going to talk about, so Laura and I talk, we've kind of alluded to this at times, but I don't think we've really talked about on the podcast most much. So Laura and I actually really love working out. It's an activity that actually we were both really excited about. We work out in different ways. Laura, you, you love like a boot camp style. That's something that mm-hmm. you found you really love that you do. And then mine is a little bit more solo, I would say. Yeah. Um, I am not a joiner and um, boot camp is actually the first class I've ever joined ever in my life. And it's a lot of high-fiving and things that are really outside of my comfort zone. And I I love it. It makes me so happy. This morning, I went to a morning boot camp. I am not usually a morning workout person, which Heather, I feel like you are more of. So we are opposite in that way as well. And I just wanted to like bottle that feeling like and remind myself on the days where I'm dragging, like just how good I feel coming off of a good workout. Yeah. Well, something we've talked about too a lot is that Whenever someone is talking about how much they hate working out or how do I get motivation to go to the gym, we've also talked a lot about like, well, find something you love to do. Like it it actually could be something that you look forward to and that you think is a lot of fun. It doesn't have to be, and I don't really think it should be a punishment. There's so many different ways to work out out there that I feel like you can. And our other friend, Kristen, she works out in a totally different kind of way. Like she loves dance classes and Zumba and Mm -hmm. um, she's super, so she loves social working out too, but hers are much different even than from the way you work out. But I think that's interesting. We all love doing those things and moving our bodies, but we've found different things that we look forward. We actually look forward to doing it. Like I get sad if for some reason I have to change my workout or something because an emergency popped up. I really miss it actually. Yeah, it is very rare that I will skip a workout if that's what I have planned. Um, Actually, this week on Monday, I was having car problems 
and I had planned on going to boot camp and Tyler was still here and he was like, it's okay. He's like, I'll drop you off. I'll pick you up. Blah, blah, blah. I know you wanted to go to boot camp, but sometimes when I get really anxious, I have a hard time like focusing on something like that. And I was really anxious about my car situation and then logistics didn't work out. And I just had to be like, no, it's fine. If I skip it in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, and then everybody the next day was talking about how great it was on Monday. And I missed it. And I was like, I wasn't there. Um, I still went for a walk and like did something else, but I was super sad because I had been looking forward to that workout. And didn't pan out for me. Yeah. Like I noticed, like I really, although I will say I haven't missed a workout in my schedule in two months because I've been tracking it. Lauren, mm-hmm. I've, so Laura did this thing last year and I joined her this year. It's where, uh, you do 90 workouts or at least 90 workouts in 90 days leading up to March 1st. So this year I joined Laura and doing that and it's been a lot of fun. And so I've been tracking. So I know for sure that I haven't missed any of my scheduled workouts in the last almost three months now. It's, I think it's been really good. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It keeps me moving, especially over the winter. Um, some workouts where I might have skipped it, especially when it's cold out and you really have it, it. That is a hard time to motivate when like the weather's bad and you just want to be cozy it has gotten me working out when I otherwise may not have. Um, so I really enjoy it. I will be glad for the challenge to end, I think, because um, I never want to fail. And so I'm very diligent about getting it done. But right now I'm nine workouts to go and not that many days left. So I really need to hustle. <laughs> You're almost there. I think I've got three more that I need to do after tomorrow. So I'm real, I'm real close to so that'll be good. But I think, you know, what I was thinking about too. Is, so a lot of times people do those challenges and then like they fall off. I think the mistake people make is they like try to stretch too far. Like you and I already love working out and this just put a little bit of discipline and data around mm-hmm. it. It's not like we're going from, we don't work out at all to suddenly 90 and 90 days. It's not that big of a stretch. It's just being more diligent and actually tracking it. So I, and that is one thing I do think maybe people try to do, they try to go too far or they try to, they set it up in a way where it's a bunch of workouts they hate doing like, you know, and I, I just don't know if that's ever going to work. Like there is a way to do it. Like life doesn't have to be a punishment. Moving your body doesn't have to be a punishment. Like it can be fun. It can be fun. So do something you like to do. Yeah. I think there's a difference where again, boot camp. it's, you know, it's 45 minute workouts, but you push really, really hard. And some of it in the moment is absolutely miserable. Today we did so many different variations on burpees and it was like, it was a sweaty one. It was super tough. And so in the moment you're like, Oh, this is terrible. This is so hard. But like, there's that at the core of it, I still love it. And it doesn't feel like torture. And I think that's where that dividing line is like pushing yourself and working really hard and getting through it is different than being miserable through the duration of it and not really seeing the value after like I can work really hard at my workout and feel pushed and sometimes feel like I'm going to throw up and like really be struggling and pushing and all of that and know why I'm there and know the value of what I'm gaining from that. I'm getting faster. I'm getting stronger. I'm gaining skills. I can see myself improving. Like I'm invested in the process. And I think if you're not that invested, then it's just constantly this like piece of torture. And if you don't know how to push yourself and push through hard things, which I've had to learn to do, which is a big piece of working out, like it is hard. You are, you know, pushing your boundaries and you have to be able to push through those things. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's interesting. It's kind of funny. I did used to be that person that never worked out ever. And then just one day I like, 
I don't know. My brain changed. And I, I did it because I had, had a boyfriend who was a fiance who I broke up with two months before our wedding. This is not my ex-husband. This was someone before him. And I was in so much pain. I found out he'd been cheating on me the whole time we were together. And so I was like not doing well. And I found out it made me feel better to get like really physical. And I don't mean mm-hmm. fist fights. I mean like you know, like to move my body and run. And so that's how I found endurance running. So I've been doing endurance running since 2009. I have done four full marathons, seven halves, and then a whole bunch of other races and and three triathlons, which two of them I DNF'd because I screwed up the swim. But I've done a whole lot of endurance running. And this year was my biggest year yet. I did three halves and one full plus the Shamrock Shuffle, which is just an AK, whatever. But after I did the Chicago full this year, I actually had a really good race. I had a really good race. I felt good pretty much the whole time and I ran well, but it took me a week. I almost passed out. My sister was with me and after the race, and this was like two hours after the race and we were waiting for a taxi, I started to pass out and I had to, Mm. my sister was like, oh my God, are you okay? And it was like that for a whole week after I couldn't, I could barely get out of bed. I was sick and it wasn't, my muscles were sore. I, it felt like when your body says you're too old for this, hmm. you know, and I know people do it all the way into their seventies, yeah. but my body, my body doesn't want to do it anymore. So in October, I decided to make a switch because something I've never had. So I've always had a runner's body, which means no, butt and pretty decent legs, but everything's pretty soft. You know, like it's kind of like lean, but not a lot of muscle. I was like, you know what? I would love to have muscles. So starting in October, I started doing weightlifting. I started doing something called PHUL. It's a PHUL system. So I've been doing that. And I sent a picture to Laura and our friend Kristen the other day. I have biceps and shoulders (laughs) for that, like that you can see. That you mm-hmm. can see them now. And I've never had that my entire life. And I've been w- working out my legs, which genetically are already pretty like, like my legs are my easiest feature, I'll say. But even those, like I'm starting to see muscle definition that I've never seen. And that's after October, November, December, about four months of regular lifting. The last two mm-hmm. months, I've been really on it with a really specific program that's been working for me. And then I learned how to do macros. That's been tough. I've never done that before. Yeah. You know, where it's like, you're supposed to get a certain amount of protein to help maximize your building mm-hmm. muscle and, and reducing body fat and things. I've basically changed the whole way of working out and eating. It's been such a whole thing and I love it. I'm loving it, but it's, it's been a, there've been a few days I've actually like texted Laura and been like, I don't feel like I know what I'm doing. Like at <laughs> all, this has changed. I mean, cause you don't eating like a runner is totally different than eating for this eating for endurance running. It's like peanut butter, pretzels, salty foods, you know, and then you have to carb load and, and things like that. And water is like, you better be hydrated. It's just like totally different. I mean, I came from a like counting calorie back, which again, a lot of people do, but you're again, you're just like, well, I need to get to this number. And what I like yeah. about macros is it flips it into like, what am I actually eating? What are the good yeah. foods? Not like, oh, I can have this and sneak it in because I've got the room left. That's like, all right, well, I want to hit my my protein goal because I know my protein goal is feeding the yeah. same thing. Like I'm lifting and I want my muscles to be more defined. I want to get stronger. I want these gains, all of that stuff. So how do I get it? I get it with protein, not with how many calories did I eat today, but like, yeah. what were they? So I, I like it a lot. I'm not as, del- you're more diligent on everything as we know. Like, 
you're the planner and the plotter. And I'm like, well, I kind of will do this. Um, but that's but. just with, that's just like jam and food and meals. Like if we're going to go on a trip, you've proven to be the more diligent I'll planner plan on that front. Yes. I, I don't really do anything. Judging <laughs> <laughs> by our Disney trip, which I'm not usually that bad, but I was bad this last time. Laura did everything. And I was like, oh my God, we got there on the first night and I realized that I was like, I'm really sorry. Every girl's trip I go on, I plan them. I find the locations. I, I do all of the things I like to do it. Um, but yeah, but I mean, I, I lift through boot camp, so it's like hit style. So some days are more cardio like today and other days, you know, it's a strength day. So we've got a leg day or a push pull or arm or whatever. Um, and I've been enjoying that too, because weightlifting wasn't a thing I ever really did. And I've been a member of this boot camp for a few years, but like this last year was like my first year to really like dial in and focus on Ooh, I want to get stronger and how do I get there? And I've seen such a big change too. And I really enjoy it. I love it. Yeah. Well, do you, it's part of why you like boot camp. the, and this, I'm really asking this. I don't know what you're going to say to this. Like, do you like the variety? Like that it's very different a lot of times, or is is that Um, like part of what you like about it? I mean, every single workout is different. No workout is ever going to be the same. And you know, every leg day is going to be a completely different thing. Like you'll do some things you've done before, but in a different, um, different rotation or different routine or a different count or however we do it's it's yeah. always very different some days are partner days and I really like that too because when you're working with a partner that motivates you in a different way than if you were just working solo like you're working in camp so you have trainers who are telling you what to do and then if you're partnering while they're relying on you to get your set done or get your reps done or whatever it is so that you can rotate around and you don't want to let your partner down. Like you want to be, you know, a fast or diligent or whatever it is. And so that's a really nice motivator too. Um, and yeah, it's always different. And there's so much stuff that I do there. Like I wouldn't be, I'm not good enough to push myself on my own. So if I want to grow in certain ways, being in that environment means I'm going to push because I know my trainers who know me are going to see me and see if I'm really pushing or they'll take your weights and they'll give you heavier weights. Cause they're like, you can do more than that. Like the other day, my trainer was like, we were doing weighted squats and she was like, came up and sure weighted lunges. And she's like, you need the thirties. And I'm like, yeah, I probably could pick up the thirties, but I wouldn't have, I would have just stuck with the 25s and continued on. But like they seeing mm-hmm. that piece of it too. So they're like, they know you and they push you in a different way. So for me, it helps because if I was solo at the gym, I just don't think I would be as good at mixing up my workouts or really pushing on the weight piece of it. Well, I, um, so I, I kind of had to like experiment a little bit to figure out a weightlifting program for myself. Cause again, this is totally new to me. I've literally Mm -hmm. never done this before my entire life. Uh, but I finally, someone recommended the P H U L program, which is progressive overload. So what's funny, it's, it's four constructed workouts a week. Uh, workout one is a particular kind of upper body workout and it's the same moves every week. And you just track it with the weight you're using and it's supposed to be progressive overload. So every time I do, and you do workouts one through four with programmed rest day. So you do workout one, workout two, rest day, workout three, workout four, and then two rest days. And then you do it all over again. So that's what you do every week. You can like put in cardio or whatever, however you want Mm -hmm. in there. But every time you do workout one, 
you know, and I do it every Monday. So one Monday I might do it at 20 pounds. The next Monday it's at 25. The Monday after that it's at 30. And so Mm -hmm. you're, and it actually has a graph. And so it's supposed to go up and up and up because the idea, so it's very like choreographed. I do the exact same workout every single time, but I am either going up on weight or going up on reps every single time. It's been really interesting. It is very Mm -hmm. like, uh, uh, planned. I I don't know how else to put it because it's the exact same moves every time. There's no change. So workout one is always the same except for the weights you're using. And those always have to go up in some way, either with reps or weight. Uh, So it's been interesting. I mean, it's been working. I will say it's been, it's just been a really interesting experience. I've never worked out this way before, uh, but I've also never had muscles before that I could see. Like, (laughs) I I think every couple of weeks I send a picture to my friends. I'm like, look look, it's muscles. I can see it for the first time ever in my life. And I actually, the other day I did graduate to the big girl rack with like the big weights. Mm-hmm. And I felt really proud about that. <laughs> you know, like I can bench and all those things. I don't know. Like, I know I'm just at the beginning and I have a long way to go, but I've been proud. It feels really good. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where lifting is really fun too, because it's so tangible. Like either you can lift it or you can't, and you can see that progress in that way. Because sometimes like with cardio, like you'll have a good day for running and a not great day for running. It can be harder to gauge sometimes, but like, I feel like weights are very straightforward. Either you can do it or you can't. I think that's why I like it. Like there's a very specific formula and you either do it or you don't. You know, whereas with like running, yeah, you can have a bad day or maybe I didn't eat. I didn't fuel correctly, like just by a little bit and it throws off your whole run. Spoiler alert, I'm never going to feel correctly. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This has all been very interesting. Apparently had more to say about that than I expected. We love working out in case anyone didn't know. Yeah. So. Okay. So I am just starting to date again, like so leisurely, you know, I think I give Laura an update probably every couple of days on how I'm feeling. And some days I'm like, I think, I, I think I could go on a date. She's like, okay, you, you could, you could do that. <laughs> like that's kind of how it's been going. Um, and I'm, and I'll like add on like, well, you better not try to kiss me. Cause I don't want to kiss anybody. It's like, okay, <laughs> okay, Heather. Or <laughs> then I think a couple of times you have said, you know, you don't have to go on dates. Yeah. <laughs> it's your choice. Dealer's choice. You can actually just not, you know, you don't feel ready to do that, which I don't. Um, but Lauren, I've talked about this a little bit. Like I have a really great friend group. You have a really good friend group, but we are kind of social. Like I, I think both of us do really enjoy meeting brand new people. And part of dating is being social. Like I kind of am not ready for anything that's like real and serious and super deep or anything, but I do enjoy meeting new people and having good dates and making fun connections. I don't think I have any interest in like superficial dating, you know, where you just like go out just to have a good dinner and that guy seems like okay to hang out with. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not doing that at all, but I'm just starting to date again. And every now and then I'll like, go get a coffee, go get a drink. Nothing. That's a huge, big deal. The other day I did graduate to going on a date with dinner involved. And that was a, mm-hmm. a new step for me. And that went well. Um, but anyway, today we do want to talk a little bit about, you know, something that's it is a little bit of a, I, I think it is a gray area. And I, the reason I say it's gray is because it's tough to navigate. It's tough to manage. And I think a lot of people struggle with it, I think. And that, that what I'm talking about is getting physical on a date. And I don't even mean sex. I just mean like, t- like at what point, you know, with someone that you just met, does it become okay to like hold their hand, touch their shoulder for there to be some sort of physical contact? 
And Laura and I have actually talked quite a bit about how our views on this have kind of changed. Um, so I'm going to tell a little story uh, about one of the, I think I've gone on three dates at this point total, but one of, <laughs> one of those dates that I went on, uh, one of those dates that I went on, I matched with a guy named Travis, you know, as you do. Um, I haven't really been making a whole lot of effort with anyone. So the only dates I go on are really the ones where they lead the charge. Like if they ask me out and I want to go out, then I might say yes, but I'm not really making much of an effort with anyone because uh, I'm just not ready to do that. And I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Having people pursue me. And if I feel like that's something I want to do saying yes, I'm okay with that right now. Travis was interesting. He and I had a lot of common. He had a really good personality. He was making a good effort to make conversation. He was really good at that. Uh, he's a dad. He was a lot of fun. We had a lot to talk about. It was enjoyable. And I, I like talking to him. And so after a few days of talking, we did decide to meet up for happy hour, which I appreciate. Like my rule is don't try not to text for more than a week unless you have a really good mm-hmm. reason to not meet up. Yeah. Like the whole point is to go on. Well. Yeah. And the whole point is to go on a date. And I do feel like when they take too long in my life, there's always been a bad reason for it. Like they're married or something's goofy or your back burner girl or something. Or it's going to pan out that they are just somebody who doesn't in general make a lot of effort because they couldn't get it together to actually ask you out. And that means they're just going to kind of like not have a lot of oomph behind them as far as pursuing anything after the date. Yeah. And you and I are not into that. For yeah. sure. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I think that's probably the most likely reason that things like that happen. So anyway, we decided to meet up for happy hour. Like, thanks for asking me out. This sounds great. So we met up for happy hour at one of my favorite bars in Chicago. Uh, he looked exactly like his photos and we actually had a great time. He was really great talker, asked a lot of questions. We had a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, a lot of interesting things to say. I did, you know, once we started talking, I did come to the realization he's only been dating for a few months, which for me, usually I I try to avoid that unless I'm Mm -hmm. like really interested in that person because that's not me. I've been dating for a few years now and I've actually been in love and all those things. So I don't know if someone who's only been dating a few months and I don't mean they're 18. I mean, like after divorce, (laughs) I just realized it sounded like something else. So a lot of times when people are just getting a divorce and they're just starting to date again, they are different from me at this point. And they're not usually ready to date. They're not ready to invest. They're not usually emotionally available and they're dealing with a lot and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm, that means I'm not a match. We're not a match. We're not in the same place. So that came out. They'd only been dating a few months. And I was like, oh, well, we can have a fun date. We're not going to be in a relationship or that seems very unlikely, but we can have a nice time. Now, something I didn't know beforehand, and I'm a little proud about, he's eight years younger than me. <laughs> I think I'm a cougar now. Most of the people I match with now are like, I'm not kidding, mid-30s. Ooh. I'm 44. Yeah, that's too young for me. No, it is, but I'm like, I'm a little proud. It's like, oh, I guess I still got it. Uh, but that was weighing on my mind a bit in the background. Like for me, like 38 might be okay, but younger than that is really probably too young. 38 is even pushing it. But anyway, so those two things came to light and I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But, you know, again, we can have a fun date, a fun time. This could be an, a new friend for me. It's fine. It was only supposed to be one drink. Usually for a first date, I like to do, you know, get in, get out. It's just a meet. It's just a meet to see, do mm-hmm. they look like their pictures? Do they have a personality? Do we connect in person a little bit enough for me to be curious to learn more? That's for me, usually what a first date is. And I think just one drink is a good gauge of if you just have a drink, like what's your conversation like? 
um, the person that I dated last year before Tyler, um, we just grabbed one drink when we met up, but we like nursed that drink. Like we ended up having so much to talk about that. Like that was kind of like a back burner to like actually having good conversation. And I think that's a good gauge too. Like if you need more drinks just to find something to talk about, or like you can kind of tell, you know, is there much there at all? If yeah. it's like a limited amount of time, like how you're filling the space. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So it was supposed to be one drink, but then we ended up, we continued to hang out and for several hours. And actually I did only have one drink. I had one drink <laughs> and I, I was nursing it. But then at a certain point he was like, are you hungry? I'm hungry. I was like, yeah, I am hungry. <laughs> so then it turned into dinner. It was only supposed to be a drink, but then it turned into dinner. And I did actually like him a lot. Uh, we were having fun. Like, I, I knew it was going to be like a relationship, but again, I was having fun regardless. But then at a certain point, things kind of took a turn because I think he felt like, and, and I'm, I'm not saying he was wrong for thinking this. He felt like things were going so well that he started, it started out with him, like touching my leg. Mm-hmm. And at first it was just in passing. And I was like, okay, I, you know, I, I can, I'm not going to like be horrified. It was just like a light once in a while touch on my leg. And he only did it like twice, I think. And I noticed it, but it wasn't enough for me to be like, oh, you need to stop. But it did like hit me. But then I think he thought things were going so well. He put his arm around me and then he started rubbing my back, like the small of my back. Nope. And I immediately totally stiffened up. I totally stiffened up and it was bothering me. It wasn't sexual at all. But it just felt really personal, like he was too much in my space. And I I don't know, if, have you ever done this, Laura? Like I've done it several times in my life where like maybe someone is touching you, not like full on, but enough so that you're like, you start inching to the other side of the chair and twisting your body out of the way. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing that until it kind of felt like I was like sitting on my bar stool on like one inch, one square inch in the corner, you know, like just balancing <laughs> there. And I was trying to just get away from him honestly. And he was talking and having normal conversation, but I honestly, I couldn't even, I couldn't even concentrate. I could barely hear what he was saying. Cause I'm so like uncomfortable and trying to get away from him. I do think that, I think the leg touches are always intentional. Cause it's kind of that initial, like, what is the response to see? And again, I'm not saying anything bad, but I think it is kind of just that like test point of like kind of coming into someone else's space and trying to understand like what you should do from there. Because clearly, because you didn't react to the leg touches, it's like, all right. And again, I'm not saying anything bad about him, but I think that's kind of like, you know, testing the waters. Yeah, no, I agree. And the thing is like, it's not really a very good testing of the waters because like, what's, what am I going to say to you? Like grazing my leg? Yeah. Like, that's not really something anyone's going to freak out about, but the fact that I don't say anything doesn't mean that I liked it because I wasn't reciprocating. I didn't touch him at all, but I just got really uncomfortable. I couldn't, I couldn't like, it was all I could think about. And it was that thing where I was like pretending to talk pretty much. And I was so focused on, please stop touching me. Please stop touching me. Please stop touching me. And I was having actually a flashback. I don't know if, I think I, I talked about this on a thirst trap about a year and a half ago. I went on a date with someone who we were walking down the street and for some reason he decided that it was okay to put his hands all up in my hair on my head. And it was awful because I was on the street. Nobody was around. So if there was going to be an incident or if he was going to get me, I didn't know this guy. It was a first date. So if I would would have gotten mad at him or he got mad at me, like 
there's nobody would have been there to help me. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about that, but okay. So I'm in the bar and this guy is rubbing my back, which I'm not going to say that's a huge, big thing. It just is too intimate and personal. And I, and I'm not even like framing him as a bad guy, but I just didn't like it. And it was uncomfortable, but I was thinking about the hair incident with the other guy. And I always vowed to myself, I'm never going to let something like that happen to me again, because it still bothers me. That happened a year and a half Mm -hmm. ago. And even though it was just like hands in my hair and in full disclosure, like I have been assaulted. So like, I do know the difference between someone's hands in your hair and being actually assaulted. Like I am very clear on that, but I think it's just anytime anyone is like touching your body and you didn't, Mm -hmm. don't want them to be doing that. And you feel like you can't make it stop. It just doesn't, it just doesn't feel good. It really doesn't. So this guy was not doing that. He was not assaulting me. It was a very small thing, but I just really didn't like it. But ever since the hair incident started, happened, I promised myself I wouldn't let that happen again because it just feels so terrible. So I got my body out of the way. He, I think he got the message because he stopped, but finally I was ready to go home. So I called it. I was like, I need to, I, I'm done here. I really just want to go home. And I didn't say that, but I was just like, no, <laughs> I think it's time to go home. I got to get up early for a workout. And I actually went into the bathroom. I got my coat. I went in the bathroom and I texted Laura. And I was like, what am I going to do? I was like, I'm so positive he's going to try to kiss me and I don't want to kiss him. And this is like, I don't know, you know, cause, cause we did, we did have a lot of fun. I can see why he thought I would want to kiss him, but the truth was I didn't, that's too soon. I'm just not that person anymore where I just haul off and kiss a stranger for the most part. And I was actually really stressed about it. I was worried that it was going to happen. I wouldn't, I mean, we all know, like, I think everyone has been kissed in a situation where maybe they didn't really want to do that, but you just mm-hmm. threw it because you just want to leave and get it, get it over with. I didn't want that to happen. I knew I didn't want to do it. So I was actually really stressed. I texted Laura. I was like, I need to figure out a way to make sure he doesn't kiss me when we leave. <laughs> and so I came back out. I was all bundled up in my coat. Like couldn't, couldn't be less kissable. We walked outside. I did the real quick, like hug and walk. You know what I mean? Where you like hug and you like, then like quickly take mm-hmm. like four steps. I had fun. Right? Bye. Yeah. Bye. I had so much fun. Uh, you know, and then I got in the car and, and drove home and he actually did send me a text. He was like, I feel like you weren't into it. I was like, and I, and I was honest. I did actually, I was honest. I said, you know, I actually had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with you. Thank you so much for dinner. I really appreciate it. I got tense because I don't like to be touched. That's like that on a first date. And it made me really uncomfortable, but I want to be clear. I had a lot of fun with you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I don't think he did anything egregious. I don't think it was awful. It's just like, for me, it was really uncomfortable. So I'm not here trying to like trash him or say he did a lot of horrible things. He seems like a very nice guy, but I think he did not read the room correctly. And I mean, I, I don't think I'm the only one. I think a lot of women don't like being touched like that. You know, as he's trying like to test the waters a little bit. I mean, that's part of what dating is. It's trying to understand is this person into you? Are we on the same page? Like again, I'm not I'm not faulting what happened. I do think it is just like a tough, tough area. Um, but if I were in his shoes, if I was again touching your back or whatever it was, and you weren't reciprocating again with like a hand on the leg or touching my shoulder or something like that, then I feel like I would in his shoes pretty quickly be like, oh. Maybe I am misreading and I probably would back away. Like, because if, if he is doing that, I think his expectation would be that you feel similarly and that you would reciprocate some of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. 
And like, oh, on the one case, I want I want to chalk it up to you know he's he's only been dating a few months, and so mm. maybe he just doesn't know how to read those things. But I, I think that might be giving him a free pass a little bit. I mean, I'll be honest too. Like, I'm coming off a relationship. I'm not really comfortable with men who aren't my ex boyfriend touching me anyway. Mm-hmm. You know? So like, I know that, but I, but I think regardless, do we think about starting to like when you're getting to know someone? Like, if you're dating, eventually you probably are gonna kiss them or hold their hand. Like, there is gonna be <laughs> physical contact of some sort at some point if you like them and you're into them. So it kind of made me think about like, how do you think about physical contact on a first date or or how does that start to come into play in a way that you feel like works for you? Um, I have to divide mine into two categories. So during dark days of dating immediately post-divorce, um, I probably would have kissed anybody and I probably did. Like, I don't think I, I didn't definitely didn't think about it as much as far as I was just a mess. Let's just put it that way. I was a mess. I probably drank too much on dates, which also leads to um, different choices per se. Uh, So yeah, those things wouldn't have bothered me because my broken brain would be like, oh, he's into me. This is great. And I wouldn't think about whether I was into him. I'd be like, well, I'm here and things would happen. I mean, I did have somebody kiss me after our first date during those times where I was like not into it at all. And I was like, this guy's a dud. Um, But for the most part, I didn't really care so much, but, um, healthy me who dates now, um, no, like I'm pretty unlikely to kiss on a first date or again, to be touched or especially in that environment where you're just like sitting next to each other. I think we've talked about, like, I like an activity for doing something. And that makes me a little bit more comfortable around the person and a little bit more interaction. Like, if you do an activity like bowling or mint or golfing or something, you go high five and you kind of like get more comfortable in each other's space. That's helpful. If I'm just sitting by somebody at a restaurant or a bar or something, I probably am going to seem more closed off and less comfortable because I don't know them and I'm still trying to get to know who they are and how I feel around them. So it takes me much longer, but dark days didn't matter what we were doing or what. Yeah. I mean, it became really clear to me when I was, I was sitting there thinking about this. I was sitting in my garage, like after I got home, like thinking about what had just happened. And I think I was actually texting with you, Laura. I'm sure it was you because, you know, that's who I talked to about all these things about how I remember when I used to go on dates in the dark days, I actually had to like pep talk to pep talk myself not to kiss them or try to sleep with them or like <laughs> like that was actually like how I was back then I was like I don't know a starved tiger or something and now I'm so the opposite like in the past year and a half like usually I didn't kiss anyone on the first date like I remember my ex-boyfriend I think we kissed the first time on the third date like that's how long we took I think yeah I remember you talking about that I'm yeah saying, what Yeah. Well, and even like, we knew we liked each other. Like, even when that happened, we were about to leave and we were about to walk to our cars. And I just looked and I said, are we going to really go on three dates? And we know we like each other and we're not going to like kiss. And he was like, I hope not. (laughs) No, we didn't. It was a very sweet kiss on next to the next to Lake Michigan. But, um, yeah, I was just thinking, I think I actually said this to you. Oh, how tables have turned. Because now it's like, you're not, no, I'm not kissing you. Like, this isn't happening. I mean, not to say it doesn't happen. Like, I do, like, when the moment feels right, sometimes you do have a first date kiss and it's very nice and all those things. But I would say it's the exception, not the rule. Mm-hmm. It's so different from dark days dating, like, where I was just a maniac. 
Well, it's just like at that time, it's like this weird race to, you don't even know why you're just running away from whatever you have left. And so there is this like a running, (laughs) there's just this like a weird level of urgency around it. I feel like, and rather than when you're healthy and you're dating, you want to take your time and get to know the person and make sure you like them. And yes, a kiss is just a kiss or, you know, an arm around your shoulders is not a big deal. Like, but when you're taking your time and being more thoughtful, then those things do really matter. And you don't really feel a need to, to rush into anything with anyone. Yeah. I will say that Tyler and I kissed on our first official in-person date, but we had had multiple FaceTime dates before that. So, um, and I knew I really liked him, but it still takes, took me that time to like warm up to being around him in person, which was very different. Like, I still feel like it takes time to like, be comfortable around somebody. Yeah, no, I agree. And I also think when you're dating during dark days, usually you are, I don't know how that's a term. <laughs> you should probably put that on a hat or a something. Hat, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or a candle. We need a candle called dark days. <laughs> uh, where I, I think when you're dating during dark days, you are starved for love and affection. You're starved. You, you need, you want someone to like, yeah. you to do those things with. Whereas I'm not starved anymore. I'm not starving, you know, and, and which is good. I'm glad for that. Now it's really, I can give. It's not that I'm like working from a place of uh, deficit or from starvation, you mm-hmm. know, like I'm fully, you know, and it's something that I can give. And like, I want to, I want to, I don't need to do that with everybody. And I don't want to do that with most people. Now it's kind of funny. Like most of the time we go in the old days, we'd go on a date and be like, well, you know, how was the sex, you know? And now it's like, I, we know that didn't happen. We're home by nine. It's like, Oh, it was nice. Do you have fun? Oh yeah. I thought about kissing him, but I felt like, nah, I'll just wait. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just so different. It's different. Um, in a way that's really great. Honestly, I feel a lot more, uh, powerful now this time around. Cause I'm like actually making choices. It's not going from like frantic running away and being broken brain person. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all that to say, I don't like it when people touch me and I just met them a couple hours ago. It's like, who are you? Why are you doing this? No, 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 no. Like, I'm not going home with you. That's definitely not happening. Yeah. Can we just get to know each other? You know, and, and we'll figure that part out. And I think what's interesting about it is everybody's different. Like a lot of people are okay with it. And I think that should be fine, but it just started to make me think like, how can we pick up more on what people are okay with versus not? Cause a lot of women are not going to straight out say, get your hand off my leg. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. Especially if you're just grazing it. Or if he puts his hand on my back, I'm not going to be like, get your hand off my back. Like I, that seems like an overreaction. So it just becomes very uncomfortable. I feel like we're used to a little bit of just putting up with that too. It's like, just grit your teeth and get through it. Like a variety of parts of life where I feel like we have all had men touch us in ways that were quote unquote innocent, but not comfortable. And instead of like my driver's ed teacher, his hand was always on your knee only for the female students. And it was just a known thing. Oh yeah. And when he wanted you to accelerate, he'd put press on your knee. Um, yeah. And it, it was known and it was one of those, like, you just have to get through it because you need to get your driver's license and you just don't say anything. So I feel like we are very in, in like, just trained to, again, if you're on that date and you don't like it, 
you just grit your teeth and you get through it and you do what you did, which is separate yourself from the situation, but you don't say anything because we're nice and we wouldn't say something. And then you get through it and you were very nice to tell him after the fact, you know, how you were feeling about it. Not everybody will do that for a variety of reasons of what your comfort level is. Like you with the guy with the hand in your hair, like that didn't feel like a safe situation probably at any point to really say something. So you just didn't, which means he doesn't learn that it's not okay. But then also it's not your job to teach everybody. So that's always challenging too. But, um, yeah, I think we just, we end up in so many of those scenarios, whether we like it or not. Well, and I think this scenario is interesting too, because I think he's a very nice guy. I really do. Like, I'm not trashing him at all. I think it was just, he misread the situation. Cause I think other, someone else might've been fine with that. I just wasn't. So that's the other thing that's interesting here. It's like, I'm not even sitting here trashing him. I think he's a very nice guy. It just yeah, and again, possible. nothing wasn't anything other than like an innocent, like first date and trying to like, again, get to know someone and understand and whatever. Um, but I do think that he could have done a little bit better with, again, kind of reading, you know, body language and things like that and whether someone's comfortable or not. Yeah. Um, Cause it's hard. I mean, if we think about like consent as well somebody he's not gonna be like hi can I put my hand on your knee like that's not going to happen (laughs) so like that's a really tough one yeah well I think I mean for me the way that I navigate it is I like I don't personally I don't touch people on a first date Mm -hmm. like it's not like I was doing it I I I don't I don't think I've ever really done that maybe in dark days but like a long time ago but I don't really do that and so the way I think about it is like well if we go on a second date if we go on a third date, the more you talk, the more you connect. And like, then it, then it starts to become more like obvious what's going on here. Whenever you say, Hey, I'm really into you. I'm interested in you. Like, then that starts to become the conversation of that would be welcomed, or you even talk about it. Um, but you haven't done any of that on a first date. And so that's kind of the way I think about it is you don't, there's no rush here. For me, there is no rush. And so if we continue to talk, if we go on a second date, a third date, as things start to move, then then you kind of figure out what's okay, what's wanted, what makes sense here? Like how Mm -hmm. deep is this connection? Are we even interested in each other in that way? And so that's kind of the way that I think about it. And I'm not even talking about sex. I'm just starting like the big, you know, as you start to become physically involved with someone that those are the things that I think about. I mean, I will say, I hate that feeling of being uncomfortable and you don't know how to make it stop. I don't like that. That is like, every woman knows what that feels like. And I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. You know, I was moving my body away. I think he finally did get the message because he did stop. And I realized later that I think he was picking up on it, but he just didn't stop accordingly until it became very clear that I was like, not comfortable with it. I don't know. It's a hard thing, but that is like how I think about consent with all of it. Like what's the rush? As you continue to see someone, as you like start talking about like whether you are into each other or not, like that kind of gives you the cue of whether you're just friends or if that's something that you would want or that the other person wants. Because I know I I I don't touch the other person. I really don't. You're a stranger. I don't have your permission. I'm not going to do that. Did I I think I asked you like, do you think this happens to men or is like like I don't know. 
I think it happens some. I don't know that a lot of men are that concerned with a woman touching them. And like, yeah, but no, it goes both ways because if they're not attracted or not interested, then I would assume that would also be unwanted. So I think it can go both ways for sure. I think it's probably a higher percentage of it happening to women, but I'm sure that men have been in that situation too. Say like on a first date, like probably for like 98% of that date, I am trying to calculate like what I think about that person. Like it is rare for me to be on a first date and to be like, I am into this person and I want to see them again. And I am here for it. Like it takes me a little bit to like figure those pieces out. So I wouldn't expect them to touch me and I wouldn't touch them. Like I wouldn't even somebody I ended up dating. He told me later that he was going to kiss me after the first date, but he didn't in the back of my head. I'm like, well, you would have ruined everything if you had, because I was still trying to figure out like, Ooh, am I into him? Like, cause I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours talking to someone doesn't really give me an, you know, I don't know where I land yet. Right. And it's nice to wait. I think sometimes now is there, and I don't know if this is a double standard. Here's where the gray area comes in. How much do you think well, you kind of led up to this. How much does being into them? Like, is it okay if you're into them? It's not okay if you're not into them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think you're always going to be more open to things when you're attracted and interested in someone. I think that definitely changes how you view it. Um, It's probably going to make you more open. But again, I think it's my opinion. It's that it's pretty rare to like, to, I don't know, or maybe this is just how I operate. It still takes me a bit to like really feel out that person enough personality wise in our interactions to know if I would be that into them, even if I find them attractive. So I don't know how much it shifts for me in a healthy dating me. I don't know how much that changes in a dark days dating me again. I don't know that it really mattered, but obviously attraction amped up how that date would go for sure. Um, if you're kind of lukewarm, then like maybe somebody like if you find them really attractive and you're a mess and you're drinking too much or whatever, then probably, yeah, things will escalate in a little bit of a different direction. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. Now, how do you, you know, this is happening because I actually thought about you when it was going on. It's hard to talk about this because I don't want to frame this guy as a bad person because he, I, I don't think he is. He, he misread the room, made some mistakes, you know, but it was not like in a, like, oh, you're a bad person kind of way. It just made me uncomfortable. But you know what I did think about? The other thing that women always deal with, like I think about that guy that you got into an uncomfortable situation with, and then later he lost his mind, you know, and you had a whole situation where I had to call the cops and this whole thing. I thought about that. And I don't know, like the big thing I think about is like, how do you feel the next day after something like this happens? Because it happens to all of us. It actually happens more than once to all of us. And it's like, for me, I'm still thinking about it. And it's been a minute since it happened. You know, it's like hard to shake it off. I don't know. Well, on another front, some other things came up from too touchy Travis. Uh, how do you feel about dating? I think this is one the youngest people I've ever gone on a date with. Like, what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so Tyler is, so I'm about to turn 41 and a little bit after that, he will turn 38. So he's right almost exactly three years younger than me. And I feel like that's so young. So I am, and it's not, it's well within the range of uh, ages that I would, you know, be dating. But usually I feel like I tend to skew 
my age are a little bit older, so I'm not used to dating people who are a handful of years younger than me. So um, that whatever your age difference was with Travis, you said six years, eight years, uh, eight years. Yeah. That's a lot. I don't eight, eight, eight years, In eight years for me would be 32. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> well, I forgot about till I showed up. I was like, Oh God, you are young. <laughs> you're a full, I mean, you're a man, but you're, you know, you're young. I have wrinkles. <laughs> I mean, I'm due for some Botox, but but right now the wrinkles are there. Yeah. Too young. Yeah. I mean, very right, sweet. I mean, everybody's different. You can't judge anybody by anything. I think that there are people who are younger, who could be more mature. Um, you can't just cap, but I don't know that I would cast my net that widely in my age range on my apps. I have to say I'm a little bit proud on the regular. I get mid thirties men trying to match with me. So I do feel pretty good about that. I must look okay for being the grandma that I am. I mean, you saw his age and matched with him. So yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> I just wasn't thinking straight or something. I don't know. Well, whatever. He's a very nice guy. Misread the room. We're not a match. Uh, but what do you also think about, because we've been talking about this as well, because I've talked to a few people and it's kind of hard to avoid at our age. Like sometimes someone new will pop up on apps, you know, that you haven't seen before. And you're like, oh, you're really interesting. Or you're really good looking, or you have, you seem like someone I'd want to get to know. And then you find out they've been separated for like, not very long, <laughs> you know, they're kind of new to dating. Like, how do you, what are, we've been having some interesting conversations about this. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's so hard because you're not going to find someone who perfectly lines up with kind of where you are on your journey. Like, obviously, that would be ideal. Um, and I do think there's something with timing where you can meet someone where maybe you'd be a good fit, but you just don't align at the right time. For me, somebody who's fresh out of something big like a marriage is probably, I just, I don't think it's a good fit. Like I had people this last year in that situation and they're talking about setting up their new apartment and building Ikea furniture for it and all that. Cause that's the stage that they're in. Yeah, And it's just really hard to identify with that because I am so far past all of those things. And they're just starting on that journey of figuring that out. They're just starting to co-parent. They're just figuring you know, it it's, it's just very different than where I'm at and where my focus is. So I think I have a hard time with just those things, let alone the like emotional roller coaster that they're going to be going through, or probably are in the midst of where like, that's a whole lot to deal with, or if they're battling out still in their divorce and trying to yeah. manage that stuff, that's all a lot. Cause I know I was a mess during that time and not very much fun to date. So that stuff alone is a lot. And then just, they're starting a brand new life, which I feel like that's not someone who is where I'm at, where I'm looking more for a relationship. Yeah. I, you know, I used to be hard. No, hard, hard. No about it. Uh, you know, I have about a one, a one or even half of a percent. If you match, we actually make it through to actually talking <laughs> right so far, but there have been a couple for the most part, like I'll find that someone is new like you mentioned, maybe they're in their divorce apartment with the Ikea sweatshop going on over there or, you know, in the throes of divorce, or they're just starting to date again. So for the most part, I'm like, you know, I don't think this is going to work for me because someone's going to get their heart broken and it'd probably be me. 
because I'm able to attach to people. I'm able to love someone. And I, I think it's, uh, it's unlikely for someone in that position to be ready to do that. And they shouldn't be. They're sorting through so much. They need yeah. to just focus on themselves. Nothing wrong with that, but it's just not going to work for me. They need to date other people that are also a mess. Dark days people need to date each other. <laughs> I mean, we need a just... club. We need an app for that. Are you in the dark days or are you like semi-healthy? I just need to know. <laughs> there could be a boxy check, like pills, you know, your whole pill thing and drinking and marijuana. And then are you dating like a normal person or are you in the dark days? That's the other thing I need to know up front. Well, I feel like you have cross paths with people who, and I probably have too, where they're very clear, like, I don't know how to do this. I'm new at this. I'm just starting to do this. Like, get out. Do you want to be their like dating Sherpa? Like, no. I don't want to like have to teach you how to do it and go through this. I had to figure it out on my own and you will figure it out on your own too. But like, I feel like once you're on the other side of the dark days and you can see everything clearly and you know how it should be done, whatever. Like I worked hard for that knowledge but I can't guide someone else through it and answer all of their questions and help them figure it out. Like, well, the funny thing is I'm happy to do that for other women or for friends that yes. are going through it. Oh, 100%. I'm not doing it for someone in a dating situation. Yeah, Not in my romantic life. Like you need to be able to like figure out things on your own. And if they have to like verbalize, like, I don't know how to do this. Like, no, well, no. Well, that that's not a turn on. No. <laughs> to use my phrase, not a turn on. But yeah, so I definitely went out with like, now that we're talking about this or again, we're like, I don't know how to do this. Do I like ask? No, I don't. I think I ghosted those people on the apps because I was like, like, I don't know. What do I do? Do I ask you out for a date? Do we go get coffee? What do we do? And I'm like, it's not rocket science. Figure it out. It's you've dated before in your life because you've been married. So I'm pretty sure that at one point in time you understood how this worked. So yeah, that's really unattractive to me. Like if you have to like, ask me, if you ask me out and then ask me what you should do next. No. Yeah. Well, I think I remember when you know about this, at one point there was somebody I was interested in. I actually met out in the wild and we went on what I think were a couple dates. Like it wasn't Mm -hmm. clear, but I think it was. Uh, but at, after we went out a couple times, we had talked and like, I, he was a really cool guy. I was like, so was that a date? What's happening here? And he was like, I don't know. Does it matter? And I was like, uh, I think I said to you and you were like, well, that's a great way to dodge the question. And he was also very new to dating. I was like, you know what? Come back in six months. Figure it out, buddy. Yeah. I mean, here's the other thing though. I used to be hard now. So what I'm, what I'm trying to say here is I am really trying not to paint everyone with a broad brush because it is also true that there are people who are recently separated. They are going through a lot, but they're also self-aware about that and they're being intentional and thoughtful and they're not doing that thing. I don't know what I'm doing and like being a total mess. Those people actually Mm -hmm. do also exist. So I'm trying not to just like hard no or hard yes on anyone. Like everybody is different. Um, I just, it's like a yellow flag. Like there, I believe in, like, I really hate the phrase green flags and red flags. I hate the whole flag system, but I'll just say it. Yellow flags are things that I, I like, I really operate on a yellow flag system of, okay, I'm noting this. I'm going to pay attention to it and we will see mm-hmm. how it goes. And I can just inject myself if it becomes clear, this is not going to work out. And then other times it's okay. Like I will say my recent relationship he has older kids. And so when I first met him, I was like, well, he's not going to be into me. I have two young kids. And I like Mm kind of dismissed him because in the past, other men I've met that their kids are out of the house. They, they don't, they don't want to be with someone who has young kids. They just don't. 
you know, cause it's like setting them back 10 to 15 years. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't the case. Like I, I really did. I, I yellow flagged him on that. I was like, well, he's going to bounce anytime soon. So I better not get attached. Turns out he was totally okay with it, you know, mm-hmm. and that wasn't a problem for him. So I like, I like yellow flags, like note it, pay attention and just see how it goes. You know, as long as it's not like a straight up, you know, they have a drug problem or something like that. That's automatic. No, that's a red flag. Yeah. Multiple red flags. Yeah. That's a really, clear. like with a light or something shining on a really bright red <laughs> flag. Um, but I do like yellow flags, like, because I think that gives you room to like, see someone as a human being and a person that just because someone has a certain checkbox checked, doesn't mean that they're in or out. You know, people are a little bit more nuanced than that. Yeah. And I think it's different if somebody is like, this is my situation versus I'm bumbling around and I don't know what I'm doing here or like other things where it's like, again, like things that are a turnoff because it's like your, it's your situation and you're not able to like own it and figure out and forge your path. You're just like, I don't know what to do here. So I'm going to put it on you to figure it out. Like that's unattractive. But if they're like, I haven't dated in a long time. So like, you know, I'm excited to meet you. This is, you know, is this how you like to do things or whatever? Like I yeah. want to plan this, does this work, whatever, asking some questions and making sure that you're on the same page is different than like, what do, how do people date these days? I don't understand it. Like, that, yeah, Al. No. I mean, I did have one person that like, I was impressed actually. And they did say, you know what? I, I am new to this. Um, so I just want to tell you that I am navigating, like he was very like open about what's going on. Mm-hmm. He was like, I enjoy talking to you. I do want to get to know you, but I just want to make sure you know that this is also going on. And so I'm kind of figuring out how I want to move forward in life overall. And I appreciated that. And I, like, to me, that's okay. Cause yes. he, he was also very clear on this is how it should go. I just want to let you know that that is something I want to do, but I'm probably moving slower than a normal person would. I think that's okay to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is too, I think I'm a little bit tough talk to people in dark days that like, Oh, I don't know how to date. You know how humans work. You know how human interaction works. It's not like you've been underground in a cave for the last 10 years. You really yeah. haven't. Do you been. have friendships? Do you have friendships yeah. that you maintain? It's you kind of similar. <laughs> Do you talk to people, other people? Um, so yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And like, I'm hard on myself. Like I think about, cause I think I just like heard other divorced people be like, Oh, I don't know how to date. And I was like, Oh, I guess I don't know how to date either. You know? And like, I almost use it like an excuse for me to act like a lunatic, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm going to act crazy. I think part of it, and I was thinking about this today when you're like in your early twenties or something like you're dating probably. Mm-hmm. And you're not really thinking about it. You're just going on dates. Like I think about dates that I went on during that time frame and I didn't like put a lot of thought into it or like, Oh, recap with people, how it went after, or like really think about it. It's just like you went out on the dates and if they liked you, they would pick up the phone and call you again because you know, this was years ago where no one was texting. And so they actually had to physically call you to ask you out very different. Um, But like, there wasn't a lot of focus. You didn't really spend a lot of your brain power thinking about it. And so when you get back into dating, it does feel, I mean, there is a point where, yes, it does feel more foreign because you had probably never spent a lot of time focusing on it. And now it's like this thing that has boomeranged back in your life. But most people, again, the majority, I feel like can take a step back and understand how basic relationships work and can do it. Yeah. Those that can, it's like, well, what other things are you getting so stuck on? Because this is something that I feel like if you took about five minutes, you could kind of figure out what your approach is and understand it. Like, but I feel like they get so like 
frozen and they just don't know how to act. Yeah, no, it's true. Anyway, this, this one date, I think this is my first story thirsty episode in probably a solid year. Uh, yeah, no, I, this gave, this date gave me a lot to think about. And so, and it's kind of hard to talk about it because again, I know this is the fifth time I've said it. I think this type of like trying to figure things out with someone is so normal And this is in the very gray space of trying to negotiate and figure out what the other person is okay with versus not okay with and trying to like read the room. My advice to other people out there is if you just met them a couple hours ago, maybe play it safe and don't touch them, (laughs) you know, unless you are positive they want you to, I will say that. Um, But this is interesting to me because again, I think he's a good person, a good guy. We were just not on the same page about things and he was not picking up what I was putting down here. Or if he was, he was not sensitive enough to it because mm-hmm. I think he did get the picture he just didn't realize how serious it was until I was like sitting on the corner of the chair you yeah. know <laughs> you know so I think that's what's interesting about this it's not like some terrible bad person you know that we're like saying is so awful it's like another good person just trying to figure it out and it, it created an uncomfortable situation for one of us I think that's interesting. And it's a good reminder to me to be even more, anytime something happens to me and I don't feel good about it, it makes me think about like, wow, have I put other people in that position at any time in some way? Mm-hmm. And so it makes me like resolved to be more aware of that too. And like, I don't touch people, but like other things, like maybe I ask questions that are too invasive because I'm such an oversharer. And, you know, I was on a date recently where the other guy was like, you know, I just met you and I feel like that's too personal of a conversation. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Absolutely Mm -hmm. no problem. You know, so like I think about that, you know, like maybe I, maybe I ask questions that are a little too much at the beginning, you know, (laughs) because like, I don't care. You can ask me anything and I won't have a bad feeling about it, but not everybody's like that. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just gives, it gave me a lot to think about. That's for sure. Oh, don't touch me. Yeah, I'm not a hugger either. So you're not either. I don't think we don't think we ever really hug. No, Laura and I will. Laura and I will go to dinner, and we have mutual friends. Like so, it'll be like four of us meeting for dinner. (laughs) They'll show up. Laura will hug them. I will hug them. Laura shows up. We just sit down, (laughs) which I find hilarious. (laughs) We're both okay with it, and that's what matters. Yeah, like I'm so glad to see you. I think there have been times when, like, I like we have a friend named Sarah, and like you know, we'll be like, oh. Sarah so glad to see you and then like I think this last time I gave Sarah a real hug and you were saying next I think I like air I air hugged you I think I like patted <laughs> you with like the, the ends of my fingers and it was just like hi Laura we also see each other all the time so it's like I don't really need to hug you I see you like every week so we're good so if I just met you or if I see and talk to you all day every day both those people don't touch I quite honestly enjoy not being in the office anymore in part because I hated like awkward. Sometimes like there are people in the office who like want to do like an arm pat or a hug or whatever. And I'm like, and like, it makes me so anxious because I am not that person, especially in the workplace, which I think is a better way to be. But sometimes, you know, something happens and I'm always like, do I, am I supposed to hug this? Or like maybe somebody's crying because something has happened. And I'm like, what do I do? Do I do? Am I supposed to hug them? I don't want to hug them. Like I get really uncomfortable. It's a lot easier on Zoom because you just, you know, put or put your empathetic face on. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, no, I, I get that. Anyway. All right. We'll take away here. Be careful about when you start touching someone because maybe they don't want you to. So just <laughs> app before you do it and don't ever hug Laura or me. And you know, if you ever witnessed Laura and I hugging something really bad happened, like someone probably died. Deal. That's okay. All right. Thanks everyone.
Bye. Still thirsty? You can get bonus content by subscribing to The Thirst Trap on Spotify or Apple. Or shop Thirsty Gear at thirstythepodcast.com. And don't forget to share this show with your community. Rate, review, and follow us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms.